This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. We want to hear from you. As a Daily Drive listener, your feedback is important to us. Please take our short survey about your listening preferences to help us improve your experience with automotive news podcasts. The survey will take about two minutes to complete. Just go to autonews.com slash podcast survey. Again, that's autonews.com slash podcast survey. We appreciate your help and look forward to hearing from you. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, July 26, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, lots of earnings news. Stellantis sees big gains while major dealer groups slip. And some big automakers challenge Tesla with their own new EV charging network. Plus, Goodyear Chief Technology Officer Chris Helsel joins the show to talk about the challenges of supplying tires for EVs. They're great challenges, though, because it gives us new opportunities to differentiate. And I think as we now get those mainstream out there, we'll start finding other unmet needs. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Stellantis says earnings and revenue gained momentum during the first half of the year. That's as supply chain problems eased and higher shipments boosted results. The automaker said net income during the first six months surged 37% to $12 billion, while total revenue increased 12% to $109 billion. Adjusted earnings before interest and taxes were $15.6 billion. New CFO Natalie Knight, who took the job this month, said pricing power was still the main driver for the results of the group. Stellantis does not report quarterly financial results. The major auto groups do report quarterly earnings. The nation's largest Lithium Motors says its net income dropped 11% to $301 million in the second quarter. That's even as new vehicle sales rise and after adding dozens of new stores this year. Lithia's revenue jumped 12% to $8.1 billion. Penske Automotive Group posted record second quarter revenue of $7.5 billion, up more than 8% from the same period in 2022. Net income for the publicly held company fell 19.5% to $303 million in the same quarter. Net income attributable to common stockholders fell 19.6% to about $301 million. And Group 1 Automotive's net income dropped in the second quarter, but it continued to break quarterly revenue records due to higher new vehicle sales and prices, and an ongoing focus on acquisitions and service business growth. Group 1's net income dropped 13% from a year earlier to about $170 million and a more moderate decline than in the first quarter. Second quarter revenue jumped 10% to a record $4.6 billion. A group of major automakers say they're forming a new company to provide EV charging in the U.S. It's a challenge to Tesla and a bid to take advantage of Biden administration subsidies. The group includes General Motors, Stellantis, Hyundai and Kia, Honda, BMW, and Mercedes-Benz. Those brands represent about half of U.S. vehicle sales, but a small share of the EV market that's dominated by Tesla. 
The unusual coalition of competitors says the new joint venture company would aim to become the leading provider of fast charging in North America, with a target of rolling out 30,000 chargers starting along major highways and in cities. And Goodyear says it will appoint new board members and launch its review of its business as part of a settlement with activists Elliott Investment Management. The Akron, Ohio-based tire and rubber manufacturer says it's setting up a board committee to oversee a review of strategic and operational alternatives to maximize shareholder value. The review could result in transactions including asset sales, according to people with knowledge of the matter who spoke with Bloomberg News. One of Goodyear's new board members will be a former top Ford executive, Joe Henricks, who is now the CEO of rail giant CSX. And just a quick note, we're following the story of another ship fire, this time off the coast of the Netherlands. According to reports, one crew member has died and several more were injured as a result of the fire. There are reportedly close to 3,000 cars on board. You can get the latest news on this story at autonews.com. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Goodyear has new members on its board of directors and you were at their headquarters yesterday. Uh, were people stressed out about these activist investors? Well, you know, Chris Helsel, the chief technology officer, didn't want to answer questions about it. So that's usually somewhat of a sign of stress. But, you know, generally people seemed really upbeat. They've got a lot of cool technology. They're making a lot of progress on things. Of course, you know, they were bringing in the media, so they want to put on a happy face. But really, people seemed fine and you wouldn't have known there was anything going on. Of course, a lot of the criticism from the activists is about the retail network. They want them to sell all their stores that they own. So we'll see how that all plays out with this new committee. But uh, it was it was a good trip. Interesting. Coming up, more from Goodyear as Chief Technology Officer Chris Helsel joins the show. That's next on Daily Drive. Your service check-in process sets the tone for your customer's entire visit. Do your customers wait longer than five minutes to check in for service? Are your advisors presenting upsells to every customer every time? How often is the opportunity for a trade appraisal missed? When your service drive gets busy, these inefficiencies directly impact revenue. Give your customers the option to handle the entire check-in process themselves, from appointment scheduling through final confirmation in under two minutes. Customers have the experience they want while selling themselves, which means your advisors are freed up to focus on profit-producing activities. It's a win-win for CSI and your revenue. Introducing a smarter service lean, GoMoto is the self-service kiosk designed to grow your business. If you're ready to start increasing revenue, improving the customer experience, and maximizing service efficiency today, visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Yesterday, I traveled down to Akron, Ohio to visit Goodyear's headquarters and innovation center for a product and tech review in advance of the company's 125th birthday. As we discussed earlier, the company is under some shareholder pressure. Chief Technology Officer Chris Helsel declined to discuss those board-level discussions, but he was willing to talk about the integration of Cooper Tire, which Goodyear acquired in 2021, as well as the Goodyear Ventures Fund that he leads and some of the company's coolest new technologies, including making better rubber by using soybean oil. Here's some of our conversation. Chris Elsel, welcome to Daily Drive. Thanks. Thanks for coming and talking to us. 
So first I have to ask, how has the integration with Cooper Tire been for your parts of the business? Are you able to add talent or have you had to cut costs uh, in the search of synergy? What's, how's that worked for you? So a couple areas. Number one, uh, yes, we did put out synergy targets. So that has been one of the big objectives. And I'd be proud to say we more than delivered on those. And I'll, I'll give a specific example in R&D where we basically were able to absorb the work that was being done in Cooper and only need about a third of the resources. And so some of that was due to some redundancy in the actual technology development where Goodyear already had some of the IP that they were working on. But then secondly, just some of how do you bring these portfolios of great tires together and you eliminate some of that redundancy there as well. And Cooper just had so much strength in many of their brands and how it aligned with Goodyear. When you bring that together, you found, okay, we just didn't need so many of those same redundant SKUs competing against each other. You then adjust the workforce to do that. You know, it's been a real win-win. You did mention, though, some really great talent. And the one area that Cooper in particular, I would just call out their ability to manage complexity in the product has really been eye-opening for us. And a real important challenge because as much as people love the performance in tires, they're always that looking for us to make them more productively or efficiently so that, you know, they can really afford access to that, that great technology. So that's been a real win-win, I think, from the, uh, the integration as well. Cool. Um, Non-pneumatic tires. They're cool. It's interesting. What is the key benefit to having airless tires? So interesting. Uh in terms of why we got started, maybe I'll, I'll go there first. It was probably in the mid-2012, 13, 14, 15, right in there, where you started to hear rumblings about in the industry. And we just said, look, we better see what's going on with this. Is this really something that you know could be a threat to the current architecture? Of course, we had tons of worldwide assets dedicated to the current architecture, one that served us well now for our 125 years. And so what we found was, yeah, there might be some things here that we need to keep working on. So we started with what you'd call a lily pad innovation approach, where we first put it on like mowers, right? And we had a partnership with Bad Boy Mowers. We did some work there and we proved, yeah, we could make some of these and they do have some benefits. What would be some of the benefits? Reduce downtime. Now you'd say fleet of mowers, do they really have downtime events? Yeah, they do, right? That extends to when we think of all fleet customers. So there was a little something there. So we kept going. And one of the, the next applications we did was these sidewalk robots. And we did a partnership through our corporate venture fund with Starship and actually developed a solution there. And we said, maybe this is going to be a market that really develops. We've seen that market get pulled back a little bit in terms of investment from some of the large last mile delivery players. So we really haven't gone all in on that one. But we have continued the work and it's really about balancing speed and load, okay? Coming up with a solution, ultimately, that can do highway speeds with all the load in it and accomplish all the things that the current uh, pneumatic tire can. That's been a bit of our journey, and what we've been able to demonstrate today is, you know, we're getting pretty close to being able to have an unlock on a consumer-style vehicle. We would think this is, again, more of a fleet solution, but maybe the other learning for us has also been this architecture, in particular the webbing, could be a more sustainable approach. Because although Charles Goodyear, the namesake of our company, came up with vulcanization, which was a fantastic thing, otherwise 
think of your tires would basically wear like an eraser without that reinforcement. It makes it really, really hard to break those materials down at the end of life and redeploy them back. And so the thermoplastic structure of the webbing of a non-pneumatic is 100% recyclable for like application. So it could be, yes, continue to be a fleet solution, two, sustainability solution, or three, if you think of autonomous driving, the lack of redundancy when it comes to tires as part of that system. Everything else has redundancy in it except the tires. So now if we could avoid rapid air loss events, it could also be an unlock for autonomous driving. We're not sure yet. We're seeing a lot of progress, but you know we got to see how that really evolves. So we're going to keep working on it. It could also just be something that spurs other technologies that we're working on. You mentioned Starship. Uh, any other new investments by Goodyear Ventures that are exciting to you? So, you know, I would go back to a couple that we we already have made, maybe not the most recent, but we've maybe done our follow-on. So somebody like Gaddick. And Gaddick has been a fantastic partner in particular in developing uh, autonomous driving. We've done some work all the way in terms of leveraging our sightline technology to help inform that driving. And it was as simple at first of just giving characteristics of the tire, you know, do you have a winter tire on, summer tire on? Because a, a vehicle behaves very differently under those. You know, they have very different stiffnesses. Then we could provide, we've been providing, is it properly inflated? Does it need maintenance? Is it worn? How worn is it? And then we added to it earlier this year, actually combining with localized weather. Once we get that weather, we can go back to our own data on well, the friction characteristics under wet, dry snow, combine that with the condition of the tire and give them, here's a prediction as to what the friction probably real time is underneath your vehicle, which they then can use for their driving instructions. So that's probably the most advanced type of application. And somebody like that to be able to partner with, you know, it really advances their technology as well as ours. What kind of challenges does electrification present to a tire maker? Uh, the electric has been, um, obviously, if we think of the faces trend, fleets, autonomous, connected, electric, sustainable, the one that's probably, you're really gone mainstream. And that's probably not a surprise, but the, some of the challenges are, you know, there's more weight in the vehicle and a higher torque, which really starts wearing tires more. The typical triangle that you have to optimize in terms of a tire's design and where it contacts the road or the tread is its wet traction it's fuel economy or rolling resistance, and it's tread wear, okay? So it's really challenged that thread wear. And why? Because everybody wants range, so we're really extending that rolling resistance. So that in and of itself. The second thing is with the vehicle being a little heavier, the load carrying capacity of the tire has gone up. And then lastly, the noise. You don't have something to drown out the noise. So you've seen some technology like the foam in tire that you apply to help drown out some of that noise or absorb in particular what's called cavity noise when the tire wants to actually almost feel like a it almost vibrates like a drum if you would want to think about it so those have been some of the challenges they're great challenges though because it gives us new opportunities to differentiate and i think as you know we now get those mainstream out there we'll start finding other unmet needs right that's a first group in terms of the take up and interest in our in our sustainable material solutions right those people tend to be, you know, very versed towards, you know, the environmental, sustainable. And so that's great. That's some of our first movers where we're 
actually releasing this year in key EV sizes are 70% sustainable material tire. So I just use that as one example. We're going to find some other unmet needs, and it'll give us new areas to differentiate. There's a, a recent study found about 20% more emissions from tire wear with EVs compared with gas-burning cars, again, heavier and, and more torque. Is that something to worry about or something you're working on, or is it straining at gnats or rather? No, I would say, you know, the way to think about it, it's almost a one-to-one -one correlation with what percent heavier the vehicle is. So if it's 20%, that would be about a 20% heavier vehicle. Because, you know, we see a lot are 10% heavier and it's about 10% more wear. It's exactly what we work on then to how do we get even better wear potential in the tire, right? And we leverage some of the technologies, you know, like our simulation in order to better play those trade-offs in the tire. Or what are some new, even new material solutions that we combine with our new design features? We use something, you know, as an example, that trade-offs, we, we use 3D printing to come up with some really complex, if you look down at a tire, those little lines, those are actually small grooves that go all the way down in the tire so that they have locking mechanisms in them when you maybe do lateral force, but yet they open up to give you traction when you're turning the tire in its normal direction, whether stopping or accelerating. And so you have to bring new technology and some of these things, they're the same trends that others see, 3D printing, uh, internet of things, to just do our job different, right? And again, for a premium manufacturer like us, we have to innovate. We have to earn our keep at that high value added, the people who, who want to keep extending that performance. And I'm confident we'll do it. All right, Chris Helsel, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own John Hutter, Gail Howe, and Mark Homer for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on suppliers, earnings results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with Toyota Motor North America's Nick Satarski, who has been working on the rollout of the company's new ADAS suite. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.